You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 30th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll hear from Markel Fultz as the Magic begin to talk to the media again. Uh, with the NBA season getting set to restart and the team heading into the bubble on July 7th, according to reports. We'll hear from Markel Fultz and what he's been up to and the opportunity in front of him and the Magic coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast. I recommend searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Brooklyn Nets, a team that we will talk about a little bit later? Check out Locked On Nets. Whether it's the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, only at rock, well, maybe not only, but I'll find them at rockauto.com. Mark Hill Fultz understood he was in a rhythm. In what is essentially his rookie season, his first full run through the NBA, won't even be a full run through, but his first Real run through the NBA. Markel Fultz had gone through his ups and downs. But as the calendar turned to March, confidence was brimming for him. And you could feel it. You could see it. You could see how much better he was and how much more trust the Magic had in him. And he wanted to keep that going. And and just like everything else, it felt like The team was turning a corner, and Fultz was turning a corner. Everyone was peaking at the right moment. And then, bam! The hiatus hits, the coronavirus hits, and everything goes on pause. The gyms are closed, the Amway Center is closed, and very quickly it was clear that that momentum, that rhythm, could disappear pretty quickly. Fultz had to spring into action. He had to do something. So he said within three days, he was online searching for a basketball hoop he could install in his home. Within three days, he was out of Walmart picking up said basketball hoop. And within three days, he was, like most of us when we were young, figuring out how to put said basketball hoop together. This was a clear return to the roots of the game almost playing in your driveway, just trying to escape the world. And that's the situation that Markel Fultz and so many players around the NBA found themselves as they tried to get through the coronavirus. Well, it turned into, it was actually pretty crazy. It turned into me, you know, feeling like I was a kid again, um, just growing up going. I had a, bought an outside hoop immediately and uh, I had, you know, had to put that up. So that was the challenge right there, trying to put that hoop up by myself. Um, but um, I got past that. And then it, it turned into me just, you know, waking up every morning, going outside and just getting those shots in the, in the Orlando heat, which could be challenging. But um, it just turned into me just going out there, just 
messing around, shooting on the hoop at first, you know, because I wasn't trying to overthink it or overwork. So I would just go out there and, you know, shoot, uh, work on my ball handling. You know, um, we were fortunate enough to have, you know, uh, I had some equipment in my garage where I could lift. You know, I had a lift plan. Um, but um, slowly, you know, I didn't know whether the season was going to start or not, but I always wanted to be ready. So I would just run every day. You know, I would run two miles um, in the beginning. I also would ride my bike. And then just outside getting up shots. Uh, I couldn't tell you an exact number because um, sometimes I'll be out there for three hours. Sometimes I'll be out there for an hour. Sometimes I'll be out there, you know, even longer. Um, just having fun, listening to music, just having fun, getting the rhythm, not really trying to think about what's going on uh, with COVID. And, um, just, you know, that's like me meditating, just going out there and just um, enjoying myself on the court. It should be abundantly clear from how Markel answers that question, how, how Markel kind of described what he's been doing, the uncertainty that everyone around the league has faced. I mean, I don't think we quite appreciate it. I don't, I don't know if I've necessarily covered it that well about how we've all had to try and kill time to, to get back to what we want to do, whether it's work, whether it's basketball, whether whatever it is. And some of us certainly have gotten back sooner than others. We've all had to find a way to cope and survive. And, and you know, I think it is so vitally important and, and something that I've certainly learned over the course of covering this team to remember that, that the players are human beings with the same anxieties that we all have. And Markel Fultz has always found solace on the basketball court. That's, you know, he, he, he famously on Instagram posts F2G, faithful to the grind, as his kind of personal motto and, and brand. Basketball has always been the refuge. And more than anyone else, Markel Fultz knows how precious that gift is. And certainly, with the ability to play this time, uh, with, with a break coming, not because of an injury or because of anything else, he acted quickly to give himself that outlet. As Fultz noted there, he wasn't working out with any specific aim in mind. He wasn't necessarily improving skills. It was just therapeutic more than anything else because the delay kept them from really knowing the end date. I know that the Magic's training staff has been on some podcasts as well and have made some you know, kind of public appearances to say that you know, we did not know how long this hiatus would last. And so we had to give players a workout plan that was more to maintain and try and keep a level, you know, or, 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 or stop the degrading of kind of conditioning and a level and strength rather than try and kind of maintain that same level or increase or improve. It was all about kind of management. And so much of what's going to happen or what's happened already as players have re-entered the re-entered uh, facilities, and will happen as players move on to the training camp phase, it's going to be vital to understand all of this. But nobody on this Magic team certainly should understand what it means to to be without basketball, to have to work on your own more than Markel Fultz. For two years, essentially, he had his injury, the thoracic outlet syndrome in his shoulder that kept him from playing the game that he loves, that kept him from doing the thing that he has achieved the most in in his, in his young life. He's still very, very young. And he had to learn how to rely on himself and rely on his work ethic to get to that level, to get to the point where he was playing this year 
at the level that he was playing at. To kind of reclaim so much of his talent. And that experience, while frustrating that he has to go through it again, while frustrating that all that momentum stopped, he thinks that experience has helped him over the course of the last few months. So I've been, I've been feeling, I feel great. You know, like you said, I feel like I was getting in such a great rhythm um, towards the end of the season. During the whole season, I just felt like, you know, I was steady going better, getting better and better as well as our team. And, um, you know, I just think I was in a crazy rhythm. I had a, you know, routine down that I was doing every day. Um, and uh, I just stuck, stuck to that routine. And um, my mindset going into back into it, just pick back up to it. I know I'm going to have to ramp it up, you know, slowly. But uh, that's something I've been doing, you know, ever since I got in the league. Once I got my injury, you know, is learning how to manage. You know, I haven't played and then I had to manage myself back into it. So I feel like I kind of got an advantage, you know, going back into this, you know, um, bubble because I've been able, I've sat out for a long time, you know, and I've had to learn how to, you know, stay active in certain ways to make sure I, you know, I can sharpen up the tools that I need to sharpen. Fultz's averages are fairly pedestrian, 12 and a half points per game, six assists per game. But obviously Magic fans, and I think the Magic themselves, are very, very excited for him. I mean, essentially, if this were a rookie year, it would be a solid rookie year for a player like Marco Fultz. And I think the Magic kind of viewed whatever they could get from Fultz as gravy, but he quickly established himself as a starter. And while he's gone through his ups and downs and gone through periods where he had to kind of learn and gain confidence, he was indeed gaining that confidence. You know, still averaging about 12 points per game, you know, six, seven assists per game uh, after the All-Star break, but his shooting percentages had jumped up and he had more control over the game. More anecdotally, more kind of eye test stuff. Fultz was getting a lot more trust, was pushing the pace a lot more effectively, and the Magic's offense thrived because of it. Fultz is so good at wedging his way into the paint, taking the space the defense gives him, hitting that mid-range jumper to keep the defense honest, but also attacking the basket and attacking the rim. Markel Fultz is everything that the Magic want and everything that the Magic you know, want to see from their young player. And so naturally, Magic, the Magic and Magic fans are very excited. They do believe that Fultz is what's next for this team. And unfortunately, yes, he did not get a full season. He did not get a full season for his, really his first time going through the NBA. And that's really the unfortunate part. But one thing we do know about Markel Fultz, the one thing that we do know is that he is willing to put the work in, that he's going to continue to put the work in, that he is as eager to get back out on the floor and is as good at preparing himself to be back out on the floor than any player in this league. He has been through those long hours on his own, through the self-doubt, through the uncertainty of when the finish line would come. And that's prepared him for this moment. That's prepared him for this unprecedented moment that the league and the players all face. It's... Difficult, again, to say, and I think I said this yesterday, it is difficult to say what basketball is going to look like when it resumes in the Disney bubble. It's difficult to, un- to know how teams are going to react, how teams are going to play against each other, and, and as I'm going to talk about in a moment, it's even difficult to say what, whether, it just, it's, it's difficult to say a lot of things about, about what's going to happen here at the end of July. 
But we do know that Markel Fultz will live up to his creed, essentially. He will be faithful to the grind. He is not going to skip the work. He's not going to shirk the work. He's going to put that work in. And he's probably going to get a lot out of it. I know when it comes to people who know how to deal with cars, they put the work in themselves. That is something that is certainly, you know, I don't have the patience or the understanding maybe to fix my own car, but those who do put in a lot of work to take care of their vehicles. It is truly an extension of themselves. And the way, you know, when, when something's an extension of yourself, you got to do the best to take care of it. So when you go to the auto parts store or to the dealer, you know, you're not always sure what you're going to get. You're not always sure that you're going to be treated fairly even. And that's why rockauto.com is the place for people who put in that work uh, to the the vehicles that they love. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The reality of the world is going to pierce this bubble. I think it is an inevitability that despite the NBA's best plans, despite the ingenuity and creativity of the NBA's plans to create what feels like a a, a perfect bubble or what feels like a, you know, a, a, a way to keep the virus out, it feels inevitable that someone is going to get sick or someone's going to contract the virus and the protocols to kind of separate and quarantine that player is going to take place. I just I think it's unavoidable with especially with how things are spreading here in Central Florida, and really it's just about mitigation and and honestly the hope that that the disease doesn't affect the person that gets sick, uh, you know, and and certainly having said that you can absolutely say well then the NBA shouldn't play and I and and you're probably right they shouldn't play, um, but. The NBA is determined to move forward. The NBA is determined on their end that the risk is worth it or that the risk is minimal um, to the point where they can do this. You know, everyone's going to get tested before they enter the bubble. When they enter the bubble, they will be tested. I mean, tests are happening, I think, pretty much daily at this point. Um, by the time they get in the bubble, it will be happening very frequently. I mean, everyone gets tested. The moment they step into the bubble, they get into their hotel room. They are te- it sounds like they're going to be tested immediately and then quarantined and isolated for two days to get results on those tests. Anyone who tests positive when they enter the bubble is going to be is going to be rooted out very, very, very quickly. I mean, I, I think again, that's about the best the NBA can do. But again, the realities are all there. Rudy Gobert said uh, in an interview with a French newspaper or the French publication uh, earlier this week 
that his sense of smell hasn't completely returned, that he is still feeling some of the effects of COVID-19. And while he is recovered and, and, and apparently, you know, not, it's not in his system or he's not transmissible, he is still feeling the effects of, of that disease. Um, this is, while, you know, I think, I think when it comes to COVID-19, we've seen kind of two kind of dichotomies of it. People who kind of assume it's a death sentence, which it is absolutely not, um, especially in a younger crowd. But it can be. It can be very dangerous. I'm not minimizing that damage. Or it's asymptomatic and, you know, you don't even experience anything. Well, there is a very wide in-between between those two. And I think we're, we're seeing that a lot of people do experience a lot of those in-between symptoms, whether it's feeling like a, a very, very bad flu or something worse. You know, again, one of the early symptoms of COVID-19 apparently is a loss of the sense of smell, a loss of the sense of taste even is, is, is something that I've read as well. And Rudy Gobert is attesting to that, that he's been told that it may take a full year for him to fully recover from COVID-19. So if you do, don't think that this disease is serious, let that be the lesson for you. Specifically to the Orlando Magic, and, and, and I want to defer to our pals at Locked On Nets. Um, for more on this, I would highly suggest you download their podcast and hear what they have to say about that. But... We are keeping an eye on the Brooklyn Nets. They are the chief competition for the Orlando Magic when we get into the bubble. And they're going to be entering uh, the rest of the season undermanned. Wilson Chandler has already decided to opt out. Obviously, Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving are both injured. And now two more players have tested positive for COVID-19 on that roster. And Brooklyn was one of the kind of early hot spots, I would say, among NBA teams for COVID-19. The... Uh, DeAndre Jordan announced on Twitter on Monday that he had tested positive for COVID-19 and had to, and while he was asympt- while he said he was asymptomatic, he had decided he has decided to stay out of the bubble to, to, to not play the rest of the season. Spencer Dinwiddie told the Athletic that he had contracted the coronavirus and was suffering some of the symptoms. And he said it's not entirely clear whether he will be recovered in time to make the trip to Disney. He's certainly going to make, not going to make the trip while he is still feeling the effects and still feeling sick. Those are obviously two very big players for the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously the first thought, first and foremost, is their speedy recovery. We want to see them healthy because, again, these are human beings. These are not just you know 2K figures that you can you know trade in and out of a lineup or don't have emotions or feelings. These are human beings and... Honestly, as a competitor, I want to play against the best. I'd love for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to be there so the Magic can beat them. Um, but, but you know, that kind of takes a back seat here, um, to, to say the least. And certainly there is that effect. We're not going to deny it. That's why I'm kind of pointing this out. But the effect is, is undoubtedly clear throughout the league, too, that this disease is still around. This disease can still touch the NBA and this disease is not going away just because the NBA has tried to hermetically seal everyone inside their hotel rooms, inside their hotel complexes at Disney. Again, I think Disney, if anyone can pull off what the NBA is trying to pull off, it is Disney. Um, I agree and hear that there are several major issues as far as Disney hotel staff workers and Disney employees or Disney cast members that will be interacting with the players at least tangentially and their inability to get the kind of same testing that the that the NBA players are going to get and the potential that they could bring the virus in to the bubble too. Um, they're certainly, you know, they're certainly asking these cast members to risk themselves as much as the NBA NBA is asking their players to risk themselves. And there's a lot to say about that. You know, I, I 
I want to acknowledge those arguments. I want to acknowledge uh, that perspective and say that it's it's absolutely right. And and honestly, the NBA is weighing risks and what's worth it to them. And Disney is probably doing the same too as are several of those cast members. You know, maybe again, there are you can, we could get to a a whole discussion on capitalism and and so many other things, um, power structures. You know, what society values. You know, who society values. You know, there's there's a lot of political things to get into in how this is going to happen. And, 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 and we need to acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge that that is there. I, I'm not going to dive into those issues much more than I already have because I don't know and I'm not educated enough on all the issues to offer an opinion. And, and frankly, that's not why you come here. You know, I offer my opinion when I know something or when something needs to be said or when something's obvious, but we do need to acknowledge all of this that is going on. We do need to acknowledge you know, before we dive into the fun stuff, because we all want to see basketball. You know, selfishly, we all want to see basketball. We all want to see games played. But we all have to acknowledge the cost and the risk of all of that. Um, we're seeing that play out with the Brooklyn Nets right now with DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie. We're seeing that play out with the Sacramento Kings, with Jabari Parker and Buddy Heald and the flare-ups that they've had, with Nikola Jokic with the Denver Nuggets now. Um, it, again, maybe these names shouldn't be coming out. Maybe there, there should be a measure of privacy I don't think there's any shame associated with this, but at the same time, it is a clear sign that, yes, the virus is still here. I mean, what was it? 16 of the 306 tests that the NBA conducted initially came back positive for the coronavirus. So it is still there. It is still within the NBA community again, and we still have a lot of work to do as a society and as a nation to bend that curve downward and and to eradicate this disease. And I would only say to, at this moment to, to take a moment to say, you know, wear your mask when you're out in public. Um, you know, even though that may not be enough, Spencer Dinwiddie said that he was as cautious as he, he could be, but he still caught it. And, you know, I, frankly, I know people individually who are as cautious as they can be, who wear their masks everywhere. They have still come in contact with people who have contracted COVID-19 uh, and they have had to quarantine themselves a little bit just in case. And it's not convenient. It is very bad. And so we all have a responsibility to each other at this point to try and slow the spread as much as we can because we do want basketball. We do want all these things back. We do want life to return to normal. And we do have to make these sacrifices to get back there uh, sooner rather than later. The NBA is asking a lot of their players. Uh, I, I am not going to deny that. I'm not going to hide from that. Um, I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable. I don't know if I'd be comfortable with it if I were in the NBA player's shoes to do what they're about to do. And you know, frankly, as an NBA consumer, as an NBA watcher, all I can all I can say is is to thank them for for doing this, you know, for us or for, for whatever reason they're doing it. Um, as I've said before, there is no wrong answer here. There there may not be a right answer here, uh, and and I think that everyone's opinions and everyone's views on whether to play or not should be respected and acknowledged. And and so I hope I hope I've done that here a little bit. Um, you know, I. I understand why the NBA is trying to play, and 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 frankly, the reason is money. They're, they need the they need the money, uh, and the players know that too, which is why they're willing to go along with it. And again, if the decision is ultimately we need to play, we don't have a choice. The NBA, I think, has done about as well as they can to make sure that it is as safe as possible. But again, we'll only see just how safe that is when teams arrive at Disney next week. So it's tough. It's very very tough, but that's the reality we're facing, and and and, and hopefully. Those players on the Brooklyn Nets get healthy soon. We don't. We don't want them sick. We don't want them on the shelf again. We want them. We want everyone healthy. Um, you know, we want to see a competitive, competitive game. Um, I, I think that that's absolutely what we want to see. But that's 
kind of where we're at at this point. Um, and so we're going to have to figure out, figure out where to go next. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to figure, we're going to have to figure this all out, you know, together, I, I, I would think. But, uh, but, you know, un- unfortunately, the virus is not going away. And unfortunately, the virus has touched the NBA world again. So speedy recovery to Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, and, and anyone else who is, uh, who is tested positive for the coronavirus and tested positive for COVID-19. We'll dive into the schedule a little bit here in just a moment with lock, with a clip from Locked On NBA right after this break. I think, look, it sounds a little bit you know, negative talking about, oh, this is what you know, the NBA is going to look trash. And and I, I understand that because I, I, we're excited for the NBA to come back. We're excited for basketball to come back. And I think it's more just tempering expectations. Like I'm reading an article here on, on ESPN about the schedule. It says, you know, what's one game you'd circle? And Roy Young says, oh, it's Clippers-Lakers opening night. It's a premier matchup. It's going to oh. it's going to be on the scale of a playoff showdown. Now, that is that is getting people's hopes up to a ridiculous level for a game where, again, maybe they go all out. I don't know why they would, but maybe they go all out. But that is just... And then people are going to be like, what is this trash? These players get paid all this money. They've got access mm-hmm. to these tests, and they're not going out there. Look how garbage this is. The NBA is soft. Why are they resting? They've had four months off. They could have rested during that time. And that is setting them up for criticism and failure. And on the off chance that for some reason they go out there and Doc says, you know what, let's give the fans a show and play Kawhi 38 minutes. It's not going to oh, happen. God. But on the off chance that happens, okay, great, that's fantastic, we get it. But I think we all have to set our expectations, though. The thing that makes sense is to ease these guys back in, is to ease it in for a game that, again, means absolutely nothing in, in the scheme of things. We have to treat these games like it's a game happening on April 4th, you know, a week yeah. before the NBA season where people go, huh, the season's done, we're just getting ready for the playoffs. That's what these games are. A Lakers-Clippers matchup on the 10th of April, nobody would care about it. This is not a premier matchup. This is not a playoff showdown. This does not have this electric atmosphere. We, If it ends up turning out that way, great, fantastic. I'll love it. And I'll say, whoa, I was wrong on that. But I think we have to really <laughs> set our expectations back a few notches because that could end up with a real negative um, vibe or, or, or reflex from people getting out there and really attacking the product and, and what are you doing? Why are you risking them for all this garbage when it's, if it's been set up that high? I just, that is, to me, the wrong way to go about it. Yeah, the product, and I feel like it's so funny this year, the product, as you said, of the league has been under attack, you know, since day one from, like, people being mad about apathetic announcers to, I think people also forget that last year was one of the toughest years, I think, in terms of referee-player relationships, and no one's really talking about what the referees have been doing to prepare. No one's talking about how the refereeing is going to look, and I don't want to put more pressure on the refs, but you can't, okay, so if the players are going to be shooting... 40% 40% from the field. What are the refs going to be calling in terms of good to bad calls from this hiatus? So there's a bunch of factors that I think you're right could kind of get the product attacked. But I think at the same time, the NBA has to understand that they're the one North American league right now. They didn't even have to do this marquee matchup to get ratings. The ratings yeah, exactly. are built in to everything. You know, we'd watch, you know, King sons, <laughs> like number ones, people are going to watch it. Um, but I think this, the social media takes and everything, um, It's uh, I've been doing my best to try and stay off it as much as possible. But I hope I mean, what I'm hoping for is just health 
from players. I think the the biggest issue or the biggest hurdle that the NBA would have to cross would be if there's an injury in this this opening night particularly. If they get through this opening night and they're and you know the basketball is let's just put the let's just say it's a five and a half out of ten in terms of quality, but there's no injuries. Uh, I think that's as good as it could get for them from a how did this go perspective. Let's just talk about a few of the, the other news things across the league of players who, who won't be in Orlando. You've already mentioned Davis Bertans. I've mentioned Trevor Ariza. They won't be there. Boyan Bogdanovich and Kelly Oubre also won't be attending. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, not that he was in the rotation anyway, but he won't be going down to Orlando. Um, uh, uh, Nicholas Claxton won't be going for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Avery Bradley is out. We already mentioned that one as well. And then uh, today, Wilson Chandler has announced he won't be going down for Brooklyn, who uh, are going to sit in that seventh or eighth seed in the in the East, but probably not going to make too much noise there in the playoffs. And then we had a bunch of players, Charles, uh, who announced as testing uh, positive to COVID-19. Jabari Parker, Buddy Heald, Alex Len, uh, Derek Jones Jr., Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Jokic, uh, in addition to all those guys who tested positive early, plus a bunch of unnamed uh, unnamed players for uh, for many squads across the league uh, have all tested positive. None are considered serious or even exhibiting symptoms, but they have tested positive in this uh, in this. Um, Return to team and initial testing, uh, and we're going to have more positive tests that come out over this period of time. I'm pretty sure uh, about that. Now, that was Josh Lloyd of on Locked On NBA talking with our pals from Locked On Clippers about the NBA schedule released on Friday. Uh, and, and a little bit about uh, the, the players that won't be there and some of the risk and, and honestly some of the quality of basketball that we might see because I agree, I do think the basketball might be a little bit rough, especially at the beginning. And, and it's very poignant for them to say that it's going to feel kind of like early April games maybe. It's, it's going to feel like a truncated season. Teams are going to ease their way in, I think, in the early games of the bubble as, as they kind of get their rhythm and get their legs back under them. And then very quickly, things are going to ramp up as, as the pressure of trying to make the playoffs uh, gets get increases. It, it It's going to be very, very strange. I think that it's, it's impossible to predict, too. That's really the only way that I can describe what we're going to see here at the end of July. I want to thank them for uh, their contributions. Uh, you can check them out on Locked On NBA. You can also check out Josh Lloyd. He does further schedule breakdown on his podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Be sure to download that wherever you download podcasts today. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himbley, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be hearing uh, from more players from the Magic throughout the week, so we may be going to daily here as we get more content. Um, so definitely download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you download podcasts today. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.